Ah, it's Valentine's Day and love is in the air. We love our cryptos and we love our listeners. So much love. Crypto ATMs are being installed in the Philippines. We love that. Mortgage rates are low and could fuel a crypto boom. You gotta love that. Brock Pierce wants to help make Mt. Gox whole again. What's not to love? JP Morgan is rolling out the first U.S. bank-backed cryptocurrency. Not so sure there's much love there. And we've got a list of the top 10 most crypto-friendly cities where you can get your crypto love on. It's not bad news. It's love news. So hug it out with a crypto buddy, snuggle up with some candy hearts, and feel the love on episode number 240 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. I love you, Mr. Travis Wright. Not in that kind of way, but you know. Oh, that's so sweet of you, Mr. Joel Com. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Just a, I I like you. I mean, you're a nice guy. A lot. I don't, I don't, a little. I don't, I don't love you in that way, Mr. Joel Com. Eat a bag of Valentine candies, Mr. Travis Wright. <laughs> The Bad I mean, Crypto Podcast. Nice. I mean, for a guy. I mean. All right, shut up. This is the show for uh, lovers, the <laughs> lovers of crypto, curious and crypto serious. And episode two forty, our bad news episode, doesn't mean the news is bad. Just means we're on brand. It's the Bad Crypto Podcast, and we're glad you're here. And we're also glad for our show sponsor, the nice folks at Loyak. That is spelled L O Y A K K. The website loyak.ao. They're enabling enterprises to securely collaborate and share data with their partners, which results in improved security, efficiency, and governance using a blockchain fabric. Loyak's built the world's first tokenized data container to secure business interactions and transactions, which enables enterprises to collaborate and share data with partners. This leads to improved security, efficiency, governance. This is good stuff. Look, enterprises are losing billions of dollars working with partners within their business networks with all kinds of problems, uh, which include data breaches, IP thefts, data reconciliation issues, bloated processes, contract disputes, so many problems. Loyak solves these problems and helps enterprises save significant costs and accelerate revenues, which is kind of important. Loyak.io. Check them out. Protect your data and your taters. Good. <laughs> Heard you say dater in there a couple times, I think. And I was dater. like, it is dater taters. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, we're going to Austin. We are going to Austin. Pretty excited about that. We are going to have a meetup in Austin on Saturday, March the 9th. And uh, what's great about this is that uh, tickets are cheap, right? $10 for 50 for the first 50 people to participate. It's going to be a small, intimate deal. We're also having a much bigger one. But we're having a really small, intimate one as well, right? And well, we're going to we're, we're, we're be doing our show mm-hmm. for the first hour. And okay. so we're keeping that small so that there's not a lot of noise, you know, in the room and, and the people mm-hmm. that are there are there to see the show. So if you want to see a live taping of the Bad Crypto Podcast, then uh, you want to go to badco.in forward slash hard fork uh, to be one of the 50 people that will be invited. It's a $10 ticket and all proceeds go to waterislife.com. But if you want to come after that, 
it's free to just come and hang out. Last year, we shut off registration at 1,500 people. And if you register, you will get notified of the top secret location 24 hours before the event takes place. And they're also looking for sponsors. So go to badcode.in forward slash hard fork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now if you go to badcode.in slash hard fork, you have the option, I guess, to do the, buy the tickets. But what about the other people, the other 1,500 or whatever who want to register? Is it just make that easier you want to come to see us or is it i don't know what's it's the there it's there on the page you just okay, register perfect. for the for the free pass perfect we want to see you guys come meet us if you are at south by southwest or live in austin or near austin we are going to be there not boston that's different that's a different part of the country but austin texas not boston austin and you know make sure you use a real email address or you won't be notified of where the location is going to be it's going to be at a bar so you got to be 21 or older to get in and uh, we have an excellent fake id one of the two yeah or have a a super awesome fake id like if your name is mclovin (laughs) yeah which is perfect for valentine's day here nice nicely done oh i meant to do that just like i mean to do the segue to our news Timestamp 2.12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on coin market cap 120,389,634,376. Bitcoin 36.22, Ethereum 121, XRP 30.5 cents, Litecoin a big gainer over the last week or so, 41.5. EOS 2.75, Bcash 122, Tether $1, Tron. 2.3 cents, Stellar 7.6 cents, and the Binance coin still holding that number 10 slot with a bullet at $8.78. <laughs> now, it's interesting, though. It's like Cardano, who has been in the top 10 for a long time, got bumped out. Now it is a four cent token. It is still a billion dollar market cap. Uh, there's only 12 coins now that are that are a billion dollar market cap as opposed to last year at this time when there was like 40. <laughs> yeah. are, are you getting like the, the, what do they call that? Uh, the, not the fumes, the, the oh, for crying out loud. I just had this image of you like waving your fingers in front of your face. Like when you get overheated, like, Oh, ooh. <laughs> All right. So here's the big news for the week. This one actually just happened today. Apparently, the JPM coin is about to become a reality. While Jamie Demon, a diamond of JP Morgan, has repeatedly said that Bitcoin is a fraud, he and his managers have said blockchain is going to be important. And they just announced today that they are rolling out the first U.S. bank-backed cryptocurrency designed to transform the payments business. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, you know, don't call it a cryptocurrency, though. I mean, this is a digital token. It seems to me from what I've read and researched on this is that they're going to be using it to settle uh, a lot of their, you know, the money that goes back and forth every day because they move more than $6 trillion a day, every day around the world. And and so using a digital token is going to help them instantly settle payments between clients, which is going to be a lot easier than waiting for the two to three days for some of those remittances to occur or some of those transfers and, and settlements to occur. And because, uh, you know, I mean, you put a, you put your check in the bank, 
Then they got to check with the other bank to make sure there's funds in that bank. Then that bank releases those banks to your bank, and that could take two to three days. If your bank is nice, they'll let you have access to that money before all of that actually happens. But, you know, this makes sense for big banks to, to, to do this kind of stuff. And, you know, this is, I would say, I'm, I'm having, I have mixed feelings about this. For one, JP Morgan can eat a bag of, uh, you know, Valentine's candy. But otherwise, I think that this is a good, um, you know, a showing for adoption of digital assets and just how common digital assets and digital tokens and cryptocurrencies are becoming, right? This is just another this is another sign of advancement of that. So, you know, if you like JP Morgan, if you don't like JP Morgan, you know, this is a necessary evolution of the banking system, I would say, for them to try to stay relevant. So I'm not hating too much on it. I I don't like it, but I'm not hating on it. So each JPM coin is basically, it's like a stable coin. It's backed to a US dollar. And clients are going to be issued the coins after depositing dollars at the bank. After using tokens for a payment or security purchase on the blockchain, the bank destroys the coins and gives clients back the right number of dollars. And there's a number of applications that you can read about here. And and you know what? I, I don't have a problem with telling them they can eat a bag of dicks. It's fine. It doesn't have to be Valentine's candy because the way I see it, John McAfee is going to be the one who's selling the bag of dicks. Right. And he he could just he's holding the bag. I mean, he didn't say he would eat the whole thing. So I think he can parcel it out and he can send JP Morgan tokenize it. Maybe he can just tokenize it and let lots of people have. I don't know. But the JPM coin will be redeemable for a single U.S. dollar. So it will not fluctuate. I found that interesting. And, uh, you know, there's going to be some additional applications for this, as Mr. Joel Com said. Um, Let's keep an eye on that, because you know what? You know, as more and more customers start becoming accustomed to accepting the JP Morgan coin, they're going to be more acceptable of maybe other digital assets and other cryptocurrencies. It's going to just become part and parcel for doing business, Mr. Joel Well, speaking of banks, on the other side of the world in the Philippines, the Union Bank of the Philippines, which is one of the largest commercial banks in the country, has launched the country's first crypto ATM. It's, uh, let's see, the purpose is to provide local users an easy way to convert crypto to fiat and vice versa. So you can go either way with it. And uh, they're installing these things, I guess, all over the place at union banks. That to me says adoption. Yeah. And there's a really big, you know, crypto exchange in the Philippines, which is coins.ph. And uh, this is interesting to see that, you know, the Philippines are are sort of, you know, they are taking this, you know, and they're running with it. I love that because, you know, that's a really big country. There's, it's a lot of the, a lot of people in the country are really poor and many of them only earn a couple of dollars a day, mm-hmm. which is like in some parts of the Philippines, I think there's over what, I think I read there's, um, I've been there Philippines like three times. It's such a beautiful country. But a lot of areas are really, really poor. And there's like se- over 7,000 islands in the Philippines. I think it's like 7,700 or something. That's really some close, of those remote islands. 7641 yeah. islands in the Philippines. Do you want to guess yeah. the population? The, the last population measured was 2016. And um, go ahead, go for maybe it. Maybe 50, 50, 58 million. That's such a great answer that you should double it almost. Really? 100, 100 and, 116 million. 100, 105 million 
uh, with a GDP of a hundred, uh, three hundred and seventy-one billion. And interestingly enough, this exchange, Coins.ph or Coins, as I like to say, um, had five million users on its platform last year. And these people are using their cryptos to pay their bills, to pay their credit mm-hmm. cards, to purchase mobile phone credits, to trade digital assets, oh, yeah. to send money. Oh, they're getting paid. Coins.ph actually has a system in it where employers can work with coins.ph and, and and employees can get their pay every day in crypto. So I think adoption so, yeah. there is much faster than it's happened in other countries. And um, I, it's good to see. So to our friends in the Philippines and those of you who listen, uh, what's what's the language? I, I feel like such an idiot. They speak ta- they speak Tagalog, Tagalog there, but yeah. most of them speak English. Yeah, but how do you I mean, how do you say stay bad in Tagalog? I have no idea. I cannot speak anything in uh, in Tagalog because most everyone speaks English, right? Actually, most of the call centers in the world are in the Philippines because they speak such great English. Like they speak such great English. And a lot of times you can't even tell that they're in the Philippines, right? So, um, and I think it's been because, you know, with World War II and even before that, you know, the, America had bases there and, and a lot of entertainment from America comes over to the Philippines and they like, so, I mean, they, they love American culture over there. And so I think they really, really like English, but I love the Philippines. I think it's a great country. As I said, I've been there three times. Some of the most beautiful islands that I've ever been to and the beaches, just unbelievable. I will be back. Maratiling Masamang. That's how you say stay That's bad? That's how you say stay bad. Nice. Maratiling nice. That was, that was Masamang. That's pretty bad. That's it's really bad. Okay, what else we got going here? Oh, this is interesting. So trading volume of crypto exchanges in January were in the crapper, like way down. These exchanges, uh, while crypto, you know, especially Bitcoin, lost more than eighty percent of its value, and the market cap went down. The actual volume of these exchanges, from Binance, Coinbase, and a number of others, uh, all receded. They all they all went down. Some twenty percent, some forty percent, but there's definitely less trading that went on in January than previously. Yeah, well. I mean, the, the, with the price of crypto going down, a lot of people are probably just holding on for dear life, saying, "Please don't go down any further. I don't, I don't want to sell anymore. I, I want it to rise." And yes, yeah, so Binance they they saw their trading volumes drop by about forty percent compared to December, and Coinbase it had theirs drop. Uh, their their trading volumes in January were right about a billion dollars, and you know the different ones. Uh, what is it? Um, Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss of the Gemini Exchange, they had they said they had an underwhelming year with total trade volumes falling below 500 million. Aww. So, yeah, so that, I think they're still growing their exchange and, and, and rocking and rolling. But that, may, you know. that makes me sad. Hey. Yeah, this is going to be sad. Not on Valentine's Day. Hmm. <laughs> It'll be okay. Okay. Be well, okay. No, Mike Novogratz thinks it will be as well. You know, he is the CEO and founder of Galaxy Digital. He's always got a lot to say, especially when he gets on TV. He was on Bloomberg TV to talk about crypto. And he mm-hmm. believes that institutions are going to be the thing that moves the next Bitcoin in crypto boom. Ba-ba-ba-ba-boom. Yep. Boom. Yeah, he says that um, that's what's going to cause the next bull run is institutions diving into crypto. Uh, He also says that Bitcoin will become digital gold, right? It's just easier to store. 
not as much as a day-to-day, you know, transacting uh, mechanism as, you know, maybe Dr. Craig Wright uh, said that he wanted whenever he claimed he was Satoshi. Oh, yeah, we had a great conversation with with, uh, with Dr. Craig Wright, and he still does not deny that he's Satoshi. He is part of some Satoshi consortium of some sort. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so that's what that's what said. You know, Fidelity is working on some stuff, and then, you know, backed, B-A-K-K-T, that's going to start launching here in the next coming months. Uh, there's some other stuff. Not only that, but uh, Anthony Pompliano, who is the founder of, of uh, Morgan Creek, which we need to get him on the show. He's coming. He he, seemed, we're actually yeah. getting an introduction. So Pomp should be joining us in the near future. Very cool. I had chatted with him and he said, yeah, he would, he would love to be on the show, but then we, we never scheduled anything, but he seems to think that, you know, there's some other stuff. The institutions aren't coming. They're already here. Boom. So we're not waiting for them. They're on the, they're already here. And so I think it's kind of, it's been a jockey in for position. Bitcoin hit 20,000. And then, you know, the powers that be or whatever, I don't know how they manipulated the price, but it steadily went down, steadily went down. And uh, it, it looked like there was some manipulation on on volumes on some of these exchanges, but it's just it's just so hard to tell exactly what's going on. Now the price is super low again. Now maybe they're buying it. Now they're ready to, for that next run because they've accumulated enough potentially. But I guess we shall see. So Indeed, we shall. Here's an interesting story from Ars Technica. Apparently, Google Play was hosting a malicious app. This one was designed to steal crypto from people. It was malware. And what this malware did is it replaced wallet addresses that were copied into the Android clipboard with a different address. Um, And so people who were using this app to transfer coins ended up depositing their money into a wallet belonging to the attackers. And it's been discovered that this has been found in the um, uh, the Google Play Store and has been removified. Mm. Yeah, so that's pretty dangerous when it's impersonating MetaMask, mm. right? So it's like basically fooling everyone, essentially, and, and MetaMask stores all those different uh, ERC-20 tokens and other tokens as well. It's just, wow. And um, having it look fake, People coming in and you you like it looks exactly like mm-hmm. it, and um, that's the uh, that's how the scams work. So you got to be careful in the crypto's world, man. I mean, even you're like, oh, I know MetaMask. Oh yeah, here's the logo. Oh, this is it. I'm gonna set it up right here. Boom. People getting hosed. Just like piece that. of advice as this article concluded here. It's not a bad idea to read user comments and stick with apps that have at least a hundred thousand downloads. That doesn't guarantee that it's not a malicious app, but you know, it, they also said if you went to the MetaMask official website, there's no mention on it of an Android app. And you would think that if they had a legit one, they'd say, "Hey, check out our Android app." And uh, well, and you think it would have more than two reviews mm-hmm. or two ratings? Yeah, and read right. the reviews. This app stole my crypto. <laughs> one yeah. one star. Yeah, don't download it. Don't download that one. It's not good. There, there's it's actually this is really a good news episode. Um, I, I'm glad that it is Valentine's Day. There's an article here on CCN.com. The title: Why low mortgage rates could help power the next Bitcoin bull run. Uh, so again, it, it, that's not like institutional investing, but it, it does have to do with the financial markets in general. And I guess they've tracked historically the uh, the mortgage rates and against uh, the the crypto 
markets. And I guess they're saying bullish. So low mortgage rates could help power the next bull run, Bitcoin bull run. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's good news. As you said, that's great. That's great. But it is it's like more that's... disposable income. Yeah, I know. More disposable income. You know, you have more money to invest. You know what? I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad that Obama set that all up for Trump to be able to have a good. Economy. Thanks, Obama. Appreciate that. Thank you. Still feeling the effects of of that. He may wave that magic wand, and boom, manufacturing jobs. Dude, I can't wait. I wish he would do something about the crypto market, though. Obama, could you do something about wave the crypto market? Your really magic wand. Brock Pierce is trying to wave his magic wand. Of course, he was recently on the show and is going to be coming back on again really soon to talk about his oh my new God. project. This is a picture. <laughs> this is a picture of Brock Pierce in a suit, and he doesn't have his cowboy hat on. No beard. No, I don't see any sacred geometry necklaces. Uh. Like, this must be an old picture. Oh, it is. It's 2016. He's not on the beach. So, you know, Mt. Gox was the exchange that ended up um, losing all their cryptos. And creditors are still not being reimbursed for their losses. And Brock has announced a new project called Gox Rising goxrising.com and he's wanting to basically help to get the exchange's assets distributed back to the creditors they're calling it a, a uh, civil rehabilitation plan rehabilitation rehabilitation i don't know what a rehabilitation is <laughs> You're making up words mr jocom i am you know if you haven't had a chance to listen to that brock pierce interview that we had with him i mean it was very very good super enlightening and, you know, with his background that he had in currency, digital currencies for games as early as the 90s, I mean, he's been thinking about this stuff for a long time. Not only that, he's the chair, chairman of the Bitcoin Foundation. He's also the co-founder of Block One, which built EOS, the, the EOS Alliance, he helped build Tether, helped build part of, part of MasterCoin, also Blockchain Capital, which invests in a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, so he's done a whole lot of stuff. There's some people who give... You know, give him a hard time. I, you know, had some stuff that people were bringing up about his past, but I, I don't know. I, I, all I've experienced from the guy is just a good heart and, and, and doing doing great stuff and trying to make the world a better place is what I've personally experienced the guy as. And uh, so I have nothing harsh to say about the guy, and I hope he succeeds on this. I think that um, that this is interesting. He's trying to trying to uh, rebuild Gox, and I guess what to help repair the, repay those shareholders. Right. So the idea is, is you bring you start the exchange again and creditors um, get ownership in the exchange. Right. He's trying to make the, the people who lost their money whole because it's estimated that one point two billion dollars in Bitcoin were lost mm -hmm. and they've apparently got a plan. There's actually an interview on this Forbes uh, article that we're linking to in the show notes that along with all of the articles that we're referencing at badco.in forward slash 240. And you could see the link to um, Gox Rising, but not everybody's on board. The former CEO, Mark Capellis, Carpellis, has said, ah, nope, not, not going to do it. You cannot reboot the exchange. And apparently, um, Carpellis gave these remarks privately to Cointelegraph Japan. Hmm. Well, I mean, I would say this. I think that the idea, if it were to work, is a, is a pretty solid one, right? Because there's a lot of people who got hosed. And I mean, Bitcoin was like three or $400 at the time. And then it went all the way up to $20,000. I think of all those, like if you had a bunch of Bitcoin in there and you got hosed and you got you missed out on that big run, you're sad. 
Now, if you can, based on how much you had in the original Mt. Gox, now have ownership in that exchange. I mean, Binance was doing a, a billion dollars a quarter in revenue, right? And so if, if there's basically a billion dollars that needs to be paid out, if they have a successful uh, exchange, then all those people could be paid out fairly over time, assuming the Gox name doesn't have such a black eye that people will never trust anything called Gox at all. And so that's that's something that, that could be a concern as well. Trusting exchanges is a big deal. I mean, because that's where we're buying and selling and trading the cryptos. Mm -hmm. And Kraken is building up trust because they are completing a $100 million funding round. Um, they've paid nine figures to acquire crypto facilities, which is a British trading firm that specializes in derivatives. What that means is Kraken will be the first crypto exchange to offer both spot and futures trading in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Ripple. And uh, no specifics are being offered here yet, but unleash the Kraken! Unleash it. Do it. Do it now. And um, I do remember seeing, I do remember seeing um, a report, I believe from crypto exchange rankings, that Kraken was the most secure uh, of the, the crypto exchanges, although not as much volume is taking place, not as much activity is taking place there as in some other places, but still a nice-sized exchange. So they raised $100 million. They've acquired a London futures firm. Wow, that's going to be interesting. They paid nine figures to, to acquire that. That's um, That's pretty big money there. So, Travis, if we were to examine cities around the world to determine, based on the number of Bitcoin ATMs, the number of mm -hmm. Bitcoin merchants, uh, the density of the population in relation to the number of ATMs and such, where would you think the most crypto-friendly cities would be? All right, so without looking at the list, well, I mean... I would say Silicon Valley would probably be up there as being pretty crypto friendly. Uh, so San Francisco, I would say probably maybe Singapore, Hong Kong becoming more so. I'm not sure. I've not actually been to Hong Kong other than just a quick airport visit. So I'm talking completely uh, out of my ass on that one. Um, so, I mean, I guess some of the, the big cities, I guess that um, maybe London, maybe London might be one. Okay, number one is Los Angeles. Uh, Los Angeles. They, Los Angeles is number one. The, Los Angeles has over 45 Bitcoin meetups mm. where people are getting together. And they, you know, people think because of this, that adoption might happen there sooner. Number two. They have is, a really big, uh, they, call, they call it Silicon Beach there. Uh -huh. uh, and um, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in L.A., and I'm surprised that we've not we've not gone to L.A. and do and done any of those events there, Mr. Joe. Anybody out in L.A. needs want to have bad crypto out there? Let us know. We'd love to come and hang out in the number one most friendliest Bitcoin city in the world. Like yeah, pr prove your friendliness. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, the other side of the country is the Big Apple. They've got 131 Bitcoin ATMs, 116 meetup groups, and over 500 businesses that accept Bitcoin payments. I would, have part never, of that, I would have never guessed that, would you? Uh, I wouldn't have either, but I guess, you know, it's, it's eight and a half million people, right, in uh, in New York City. So 
Well, uh, you throw in all the boroughs and all around that, I, the number is like 23 million when you throw it all together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, but, you know, they had that Bitcoin license, the bit license and just all the all the different stuff that they had. Charlie Shrem getting arrested and just that whole thing around virtual currencies and how New York was kind of hating on it. And a lot of companies would leave and go other places. So, you know, I, I'm surprised that it's number two on the list, quite frankly. Number three, San Francisco, of course, the Bay Area. Number four, you also mentioned, is London. Uh, number five, Madrid, Spain. Number six, Vancouver, Canada. Eh? Hello, our Canadian friends up there. Yeah, hey. yeah you um, know what's great about that, too, is Vancouver is where um, our sponsor, CoinPayments.net, is based out of. Boom. Vancouver has 86 merchants trading with Bitcoin and 76 ATMs that offer Bitcoin. So people who want to go shopping, easy for them to do it. Uh, Back to Europe for number seven and eight, Vienna and Berlin, Germany, uh, respectively. Also, I was just in Vienna not not long ago, and I did not see one Bitcoin machine, probably because it was snowing the whole time I was there and I had my head down and I get snow in my face. So I probably walked by a few. Well, here, here's the thing about Vienna. Uh, in uh, Vienna, it's the home to the world's first Bitcoin bank. So in, in, it's in a famous part of town. So you oh, can Maria go by the bank. Strasse. Yeah, you could swap your money for Bitcoin at this actual bank. So that that's why they're listed here. Uh, and then one of uh, our favorite places, Prague in the Czech Republic is uh, number nine and then to south america for number 10 actually tied for 10th place is buenos aires argentina and vilnius lithuania i've never been to any of the either of those places i've been to prague multiple times i love prague berlin vienna vancouver i've not been to madrid been to london been to san francisco new york yeah i've been to most of those cities uh have not uh have not bought Bitcoin or sold Bitcoin anywhere that I've gone because you know what I kind of I look at Bitcoin as a, as more digital gold. I like to spend the other cryptos. I don't like to spend Bitcoin. So it's like Bitcoin ATMs can pop up all they want, but it's like I'm probably going to hold on to my Bitcoin because unless it's a last resort and I need to sell it for whatever purposes, right, for business purposes or expenses or whatever, then I'll sell my Bitcoin. But I don't normally use that to, but. You know what? Maybe maybe it will. I think that's why there's some of these other currencies like Stellar and and Ripple and maybe some of those other ones that people will use on a daily basis. Maybe JP Morgan coin. <laughs> not, right? Not the JPM. Not the JPM. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, wait, what happened there? That was a little Bad Boys of Tech crossover stinger music. That was nice. So if you like that stinger, there's more like that in the Bad Boys of Tech. Listen to our weekly tech show featuring software, apps, gadgets, and enterprise technology, badboysoftech.com. And uh, one more taste of it just so you guys know what else to expect. BitTorrent had an ICO. We didn't even hear about this when it was going on, Travis, but the BitTorrent token launched on uh, the Binance Launchpad platform, and they raised $7.1 million, sold 50 billion tokens in under 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where, and this happened, you know, a week or two ago. It was really interesting, that, and then, then the price of it, like, what's the price of it now? Because I know that the price of it when it came out was really small, then it immediately did a 10x. That's when I originally heard about it, and I was like, how is this possible? Because we were working with BitTorrent, 
and had bad crypto advertising on the BitTorrent network. We were working on some programs with him. And never once did we hear about the BitTorrent token that was going to be released or else we probably would have tried to participate into that bad boy. It's it's still trading pretty high. It's at, uh, I mean, if you look at the charts for it is, it's down from its high, but it's kind of somewhere between where it started trading and it's high, like in the middle, you know, in this market, Mm -hmm. um, not a surprise, right? When something goes uh, public initially, you're going to see if there's that much demand, the price goes, whoa, and then people sell off and then it tries to find its new base. So it's kind of like right in the middle of it right now. Mm -hmm. I think they said they started the price at 0.0001, if I'm not mistaken. Now it's 0.000936. So it has gone up pretty substantially. And one thing that's quite telling on this to me is that it, there's $80 million a day in volume trading on this coin. And it does not have a market cap yet because they don't know exactly how many are in that circulating supply. But based on that, and they said they sold $50 million uh, 50 billion tokens uh, for $7 million or whatever. And now we can do the math on that to see. I don't know exactly how many they've released, but there's a total supply of 990 billion and they've sold 50 billion. I guess the rest of them will be created over time, but that should give us an idea. I would think that that coin right there is going to be in the top 20 whenever they finally get that market cap figured out. Travis, have you heard of a remittance company called Send Friend? Send friend. No, I have not. This is a um, a product that uses Ripple's XRapid product for cross-border payments. So it converts between U.S. dollar, XRP, and Philippine pesos, and it happens super fast with uh, fees that are 65% lower than the industry average. And uh, Ripple, MasterCard, and Barclays, uh, more mainstream names, invested in this uh, this company, SendFriend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we again, we're seeing MasterCard and Barclays putting money into it. Mm-hmm. think there might be something up here. Well, also, it looks like it was built in the MIT Media Lab or in, in partnering with them, or maybe they were, were part of the funding as well. So you get MasterCard, MIT, Barclays, right? Ripple uh, rolling in the same direction. Also, Techstars and 2020 Ventures and 8 Decimal Capital are, are throwing cash into this. And this is this is basically allowing users to send money to the Philippines using blockchain. And uh, you know what? That's 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 two stories that we're talking about the Philippines. There is such adoption growing in the Philippines with crypto. That's I love that. Like in these different countries, more and more people are using crypto. And then slowly but surely, people in America will start using more. Even though in America we have more AT, Bitcoin ATMs than anyone. Are people actually using them? I I, I don't know, but uh, it's definitely interesting, and it's great because I know I've had to send money to the Philippines, and they do take a big chunk of your change for sending money there if you're using anything other than crypto. And so, lowering those fees by sixty five percent that's huge, especially when some of these folks in the Philippines aren't earning much per day. I mean, they're earning you know literally sixty dollars a month, right? I mean, that's nothing, and if they're if you're sending them money. Or you're sending someone money there, and then the bank's taking a big, huge chunk of that, and that's that's just a whole lot of their whole lot of their money there. So it's, I'm glad they get to keep more of it. All right, Trav, let's test your trivia <clears throat> knowledge here. You're old enough to know this. Who was Clara Peller? Clara Peller? Mm-hmm. I don't I'll know. Give but you I, a hint. I, well, I'll give I, you. I, I, I get a. I have a guess. 
Okay. Because this article is about beef. So right. was it the lady who said, where's the beef? <laughs> yes. From the, uh, the Wendy's commercial. Nice. Where's I can tell the you beef? were going down, a, you were going down a narrative of jokiness. Here's an article yeah. about beef. There you go. Yeah. That's good. So there, we found the beef. It's on the blockchain. Oh, that's so there, good. Where's the beef? Uh, the University of Wyoming, uh, a student there, uh, Kip DeCastro, he's majoring in computer science. He developed blockchain code to track a December 2018 shipment of Wyoming beef to Taiwan. That How, how cool is it? And he's calling it beef chain, right? Beef These chain. guys have developed beef chain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is not the first time we've talked about tracking produce, you know, food from, from farm to table. And this was an example of it. This was the first shipment of beef tracked on blockchain from the United States to Asia. The beef was raised at Murray Mare Farms in Powell, Wyoming. It was placed in tagged cases with RFID labels and sent to a five-star dining establishment in Taipei, Taiwan. And the labels had unique digital identifiers that uh, enabled the cases of beef to be tracked along the entire supply chain from the plant processing, export, import, and to the restaurant. And it's made possible because of RFID. I find that really fascinating. Actually, one of my good friends has a has a beef company out in Colorado called River Watch Beef. And it's like this all organic, premium grass-fed stuff. And I've, I've always been telling him, I was like, dude, it's like, you know, send this nationwide and you, you need some blockchain access. You can track where it's from so you can prove it. And here it's come from this, from this area here in Colorado. And, and he, he didn't think about that because uh, there's a whole big movement around that whole farm to fork, right? And like knowing exactly where your food has come from. And especially if your food is natural grass fed and it's more organic and it's a better quality. And uh, he makes some amazing beef jerky, Mr. Joel Kahn. And, mm. uh, pretty cool so i'm glad to see this technology is hitting those different industries there's the beef there now is. you know i mean clara peller's long gone but the memory of her and her where's the beef it's on the blockchain clara it's on the blockchain you know earlier we talked about that um, app that got into the android store that was a scam a metamask scam it's certainly not the only scam in the game and uh, somebody launched a fake backed website of course backed is the we're waiting on approval of backed um in the crypto space and somebody launched a fake backed website um inviting people to send bitcoin to invest in uh, the second round of financing for backed mm. no bueno no bueno so yeah backed platform.io not the right one right what is the right one Backed. It's ba that's backed by scammers that's that's all that is uh, if you use metamask which um we recommend because it gives you warnings if you end up on a site that's uh, not legitimate yeah so it looks like backed.com b-a-k-k-t is the actual site not the dot io not the scammer sites so yeah keep a keep an eye on that yeah is it is it metamask is that the one that shows you if it's real or not i know there was another i think uh, it's but there's also there's another one um that is called let me think of what i've got it here on mine there's a, a web of trust is a plugin uh, that an extension you can get for google chrome that tells you whether or not a site is safe and will provide uh you know reputation ranking if you're going to be in the crypto space it's a good idea to have something in there 
that uh, that tells you whether or not where you are is safe for you to be or if they want to steal all your cryptos or your pri- you know your personal information don't let them don't let them steal your cryptos mr jocom don't do it okay in advisory news uh speaking of BitTorrent, the btt coin it is now supported by coinpayments.net of course coinpayments mm-hmm. has been a, a sponsor of the show uh and i think our interview with coin payments is is coming up here in the very near future and uh, this this is good news millions of customers around the world can now use the btt token for payment of goods and services for hundreds of online merchants through the coin payments platform yeah and uh, justin son he said this that uh, coming this summer uh, bit bit torrent speed will be implemented into our popular windows based u torrent classic client and to create a healthier ecosystem and a foundation where content creators can distribute their work directly across the web. Now, over the years, I've used BitTorrent. I've used uTorrent as well. I I don't know how many you know terabytes of data that I've shared or downloaded or whatever. Just different, not not movies. It's normally educational stuff that I like to that I like to have access to. And like, imagine earning crypto for everything that you share. And then, you know, I guess earning crypto for stuff that you're downloading as well, maybe. I'm not sure exactly the, the tokenomics of it, but it, it does seem pretty interesting. And and Coin Payments is going to allow you to then be able to use that to uh, convert into other cryptos. So, nice. Mm. And we're also cheering on our friends at Coin Genius, uh, Jeremy Bourne and the team at CoinGenius.ai. Uh, they tweeted out that Coin Genius has submitted an application to the Startup World Cup. 2019 so they're uh, they're trying to get their project in front of the judges there to say hey check out what we're doing here at uh, coin genius to help you trade smarter we, we i love to see when companies that uh, we are advising are doing things well that's one of the things it's like that one early on you know they came to us i i spoke at an event where jeremy you know had put on and his and his company had put on and when he knew that we were in crypto, so when he started started thinking about doing a crypto project, he immediately reached out to us before anything had been built. And we were kind of guiding him and thinking about, uh, you know, what could be done. And then he went out and got some of the brightest AI and developers and machine learning people like just um, based out of L.A., right? So there's some really great stuff happening in the L.A. area. And uh, goodness gracious, the people on that team are just super, super smart. And I'm curious to see what this app looks like when it's all said and done, because if you, if it can give you the insights that we think it can, uh, when it's all said and done, that'll be very, very helpful for people who are trading crypto and investing in crypto and wanting to learn more about crypto. So mm. good stuff. One last story here with the Valentine's day theme, just spotted this one. You can find love or have fun spending crypto on the Tinder app. It's the uh, the top dating app, and now you can pay for your premium Tinder subscription using BitRefill. Um, and, and I guess, uh, yeah, thanks to them, there's a little mainstream adoption right there. I didn't even see that article, Mr. Joe Com. You, you snuck that in on me. That's because that I snuck it in when you weren't looking. You can uh, use Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Dash, 
or Dogecoin. It, all you need to buy the services um, is a Google Play or Apple iTunes gift card, and then you can later make in-app purchases or upgrade your membership. Um, you could actually use it on other services as well, but this ran on an ad mm. for Tinder, I think, to coincide with uh, with Valentine's Day. I'm so confused, though. So you, you have to have uh, a Google gift card or uh, iTunes gift card to – it seems to me that you – Right, because it's, it's an in-app okay. purchase, yeah. right? So you don't – you buy it through either Google Play or, or iTunes. Right. Why not just use the uh, gift card? I suppose maybe you can. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Let's I add an know. extra step in there. Let's, swipe, let's not make swipe, things easy. Swipe left. <laughs> I just I just swipe left. Hey, thanks. On you, I Travis. appreciate that. You're not my type. I'm try, I'm trying to, you know, this is a love theme. This is a, a crypto Valentine's <laughs> hey, Day yeah, story. And you gotta be a hater. a hater. I'm just saying crypto is supposed to, you know, minimize processes and here it is like, oh, you can use it, but you gotta buy a gift card first. And then you can use it. But I'm like, why don't I, why don't I just use that gift card to pay for the initial service anyway? And so you could. So it's just adding another pro- step into the process. But, hey, you know what? People are trying to yeah. figure it out. And Apple is not the friendliest person when it comes to using crypto. So you got to have some workarounds, I suppose. It's kind of pathetic because it's Valentine's Day and we are still. Two dudes talking crypto. Two dudes talking crypto. Joel and Travis are just two dudes talking crypto. Oh, yeah. Yes, we are. And we are grateful. We do love you, our listeners. Thanks for sticking with us during the crypto winter. Burr, we need you to huddle close to us huddle so me. that we all can keep all nice and warm. Huddle me closely. Uh, we believe spring will be coming eventually. We don't know when, but it will be on the way and we will be here to cover the latest crypto news, bring you the uh, the leaders, the thought leaders and the uh, the not so thought leaders in the crypto space shows coming up include Dr. Craig Wright, Kurt Braggett. We're going to be teaching you all about EOS and that ecosystem. Andreas Antonopoulos, we have conducted the interview. The show is coming up shortly. It's epic. Ian Bellina, back for another round. Paul Democritu, author of a brand new book called The Crypto Factor, of which you will be able to potentially win a copy from us. These and many more guests coming your way soon here on the Bad Crypto Podcast. Will you, will, you, will you be my Valentine? I, I, I promise to stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.